Hi everyone, my name is Christina and welcome to the Naturally OT podcast. I'm an occupational therapist that works with kids, teens, and adults with a variety of different diagnoses, strengths, and challenges. And I am also a preceptor taking placement students to my facility from an OT background, OTA, PTA background, as well as PSWs. My goal when I am speaking to my students and kind of giving them those different, that different feedback and different information and education on their placements is to not only help them learn about the clients that they're working with and how to approach different occupational goals with them and help improve their quality of life, but also how to improve themselves as a therapist or a practitioner when they are out in the field after they graduate. So today I am coming to you in the most pure OT way. I am multitasking and doing this podcast while I am folding much, much laundry. Um, I often need a little bit of motivation to get things done and get things going. So if you hear the laundry going in the background or the folding happening, I apologize. I will make sure I don't do this in the future if that happens. Today, the reason that I wanted to have this episode going is to talk a little bit about next steps after graduation. I know that often we go from elementary school to high school and then into a stream of either college or university. Um, And then when you're done school, you're just expected to be an individual. Oftentimes, This is the expectation for people who are in college and university when this is not usually reality for most people. If you're going into the trades, you're going to learn some stuff and then you're going to learn on the job and then you're going to learn more stuff and you're going to learn on a job again. This is how we should be approaching education in all fields. And I strongly believe that this is what happens when you graduate as an OT or an OTA PTA. I'm sure this is the same for many other careers, but this is my experience in this field. So I will share from this perspective. Um, Today, I was kind of inspired to talk about this on my podcast because my OTA PTA students are finished their placement tomorrow and this is their last week and then they are off to graduation and off into the real world. In their final evaluations, I like to give them different advice or different tips and tricks and just open their eyes to what's coming next. I remember when I graduated four years ago and went out into the world looking for this new job and all of a sudden imposter syndrome was huge. No one talked to me about imposter syndrome before I graduated school. I don't know what I thought. I thought maybe I was going to do some placements, graduate, and then just be this stellar OT that has no doubts in the world that I know what's going on and I can support my clients to the best of my ability. Every single day I work to the very best of my ability, but every single day I also know and recognize and totally accept that tomorrow I may be better and that's okay. So here I am to talk to you about What comes after graduation and what you can do to help yourself get through? When you graduate, something that really comes strongly can be that imposter syndrome. 
because OT, I'm sure it happens in so many other fields, but for me, I believe that because OT is such a broad field, you're working with so many different ages, so many different stages, so many different backgrounds, and you're approaching every client as a human, a holistic individual who is more than just the challenge they're going through in their life right now. Because of this, it can be really challenging to meet new clients and feel like every single time you meet a new client, something new is thrown at you that you have to work through. And I think until I realized that I was not the only one going through this challenge every time I met a new client, I felt really stressed. So something that I always recommend to my students to just be able to accept that imposter syndrome and that you're always constantly going to be learning as you immediate throughout your whole career, I think you're going to be learning, but immediately out of school, there's going to be a huge learning curve. Something I always recommend to my students is to start creating a network of people that you can connect with and bounce ideas off of or debrief after a hard day or kind of just rant your frustrations out so that you can be the best therapist you can the next day. I still have a community of OTs from my master's degree that I talk to all the time and they were so helpful, especially right after school we were all able to share that imposter syndrome that we are feeling and kind of make sure that we don't feel alone in it. It was really, really comforting to be like, I feel like an imposter in this career, but so do all of my friends and we can help each other through it. So that is my first tip. Get that community of people. And if you don't have a strong community from your school, which is definitely something that is a possibility, not everyone connects when they're in school. There are so many other ways to find your community of people that you can bounce ideas off of. One of my favorite places to connect with not only OTs, but other healthcare providers and also different people from different populations. So is that would be Twitter for me. I have a lot of OTs on Twitter, a lot of social workers on Twitter. I follow, because I work with a lot of um, neurodiverse clients, I follow a lot of neurodiverse individuals on Twitter who are always talking about things that worked for them, things that don't work for them, challenges that come up. And it gives me that constant feedback loop of what's out there, what do I know, what don't I know, and where can I get the information? Another great place to connect with people is on LinkedIn. It's a little bit more formal, but you can at least find where people are working and and bounce off of that. Maybe reach out to them, see if you can grab a coffee or have a phone call or a Zoom call and just pick their brains. Um, On that same line, I'm from Ontario, so I know that Kodo is our college. I'm not sure how other OT um, colleges work in other cities or sorry, other provinces, um, countries, those kind of things. But in Ontario, the college requires you to put what population you're working with and the different areas that you work in. And that's your registration. So it's online. So one of the best pieces of advice that I was given when I was graduating school, um, the placement supervisor told me that I should go on Kodo and I should scroll through and see if there's any therapists that have jobs that kind of stick out to me or maybe I'm curious about what they do and how that works and just reach out to them. See if they'll go for a coffee with you. See if they'll have a phone call with you and do some interviews where you're not interviewing for a job. You're interviewing someone 
about their job, like an informational interview. Those are some of the best things that I did when I graduated, just because I got some insight into areas that I might want to try working, areas that I really didn't want to try working. And you may even be surprised that you may get a job or an interview from these conversations as well. That's not why you're going after them, but it may be a nice perk. (laughs) Um, So having your connections, making those. Instagram is a really great place too to find some really interesting therapists. Um, I'm mostly a pediatric therapist, so a lot of the things that I do, you can find a lot of pediatric therapists online. So I'm not sure too much about other areas, but I have seen a lot of physical OT modifications, different kind of stuff like that on Instagram as well. And you can connect with people and chat a little bit about their practices. So that is definitely something that I like to recommend to my students. Um, Another area of recommendations for students is finding free resources as you graduate. There are so many courses that you can enroll in that are super, super expensive. I know that CAOT and um, CODO, so CAOT, if you are not from Canada, is the Canadian Association of Occupational Therapists, and CODO is the Canadian, uh, the College of Occupational Therapists of Ontario. Both of those offer lots of really great courses that are really expensive. In time, you will find the money for it. You will find what works and what doesn't work specifically for your job and your population and your clientele. But until then, there are so many free resources that you can find, whether it's finding people on Instagram that have different um, resources or different posts that you can kind of build information off of, um, using whatever is in your job site that is available, I really like different books from the library, different podcasts, autobiographies, um, and there's a lot also of free information out there in course form. I'm going to speak specifically on a pediatric and a neurodiversity lens, but you can see what else is out there for your population. If you're looking into pediatric and neurodiversity specific lenses, a lot, there are a lot of parent-based Um, information out there, parent-based webinars out there. There's one that's this weekend. It's called the Autism or uh, Autism Parent Summit, I think. And it's just a bunch of speakers that are talking about different areas about autism. Yes, it's not going to be directly to uh, a person who is an occupational therapist, but being able to hear what parents are looking for, what parents have questions about, and, and kind of that different lens of autism, for example, is very, very helpful to navigate what you might be focusing on as an OT in that area. So that, that's one of my biggest things that I always look for are those free one hour webinars. Um, over COVID, a lot of people started doing those webinars about autism, ADHD, anxiety, and you kind of pick and choose different things that you'll listen to to kickstart what area or what direction you want to go in in your professional development. So the first one was creating that network. The second one is finding those free resources because as a graduated student, I'm sure you don't have the money to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on an expensive course. The third, <laughs> the third thing that, sorry, I'm giggling because my cat is trying to turn off my phone right now. Um, the third thing that I wanted to talk about is 
that development, the personal development that comes after school. In school, there's a lot of black and white. Even though we are OTs who are very holistic and individualized, there's a lot of black and white that happens in school. And as an OT, when you go into the field, things become very gray. So something that I really like to talk about is that personal development, taking time to think about your positionality as a therapist, someone who has just graduated from school. So you have a little bit more privilege than many people in the world. Thinking about your background, where you come from, how you were raised, what your biases are, what your values are. Um, all those little things about yourself can be really, really important to reflect on when you get out of school so that you can start to figure out how you're going to relate to your clients and how you're going to build that rapport. That is number one for the personal development. Um, the second thing that I always like to tell my student for personal development is doing a lot of self-reflecting on how to take care of your personal health as a therapist. Something that was really, uh, I want to say calming, but I don't know, I don't know what word I'm looking for. Something that was, was really reassuring, I guess, from one of my preceptors was the idea that it is normal for therapists to have their own therapist. And I tell all my students this, that a lot of the times we can forget that as helping professionals in a helping field, we can forget about our own self-care or mental health, our own emotional health, physical health. So taking time as you graduate and you get into whatever field, whatever field of OT or OTA that you're getting into, taking time to build that self-care plan. One of the things for self-care that I always recommend is figuring out how you're going to transition from work to home life to make sure you have that work-life balance. One thing that I like to do I have a really long drive from work to home. So something that I like to do is split up my drive. The first half of my drive might be, depending on my day, me processing things, thinking about what came up, if there's anything bothering me, if there was a challenge that came up. I will always debrief with someone at work before I get into the car to drive home. But sometimes some difficult things may linger in your head. So I'll take that time to either call a friend or send a voice note to a friend as I'm driving, making sure obviously I'm hands-free, I'm not texting, and just being able to get that off my chest. And then in the second half of my drive, I'll think of ways to distract myself. So whether listening to a podcast or an audiobook, something that really distracts me and gets me into the mood of anything outside of work. So when I say podcast, I don't mean an educational podcast. I mean something that is changing my perspective into, you know, the evening time. Or sometimes I'll go to a yoga class or I'll go for a walk, just changing things up so that by the time I get home, I am ready to do home things. Whether that's cleaning my house or relaxing or taking my cats outside, um, making that separation from work back to life. Now my cat is purring beside my phone, so I apologize if you can hear it, but there's really nothing I can do. Um, so one of the self-care pieces is that transition, 
from home or, or from work to home. Another one is finding those debrief conversations. So sometimes you can be very, very blessed like I am having people at work who will be there to debrief with you at the end of the day after a hard session or a hard day in general. But sometimes you may not have that luxury. When I worked in the community, I was it was me, myself, and I all day long, and I didn't have someone to go and chat with at the end of the day. My supervisor only gave me mentoring like once every two weeks, which is not very helpful, but that's a different story for a different time. Um, so perhaps that's the network that you have built. Maybe there's a network of OTs or OTAs or other therapists that you can connect with and, and kind of bounce ideas off of and really be like, this was a hard day. It may just be a friend or a family member or a fiance or a partner, as long as you are keeping that confidentiality, of course, and if they can understand and help you come down from a difficult situation, then they are perfect as well. Just making sure that you're not holding on to things throughout. Um, one of the biggest challenges is really turning off your brain about your clients. I always say, my pediatric clients, I love them with my whole heart. They make my entire day. I can have a terrible day waking up and get to work and see them and just be so, so happy throughout the rest of the day. So I really have to work hard at leaving any, any emotions about them at work so that I'm not constantly thinking, I hope they're okay. I, I, I wonder how their evening is going. I, I hope they're going to make it to, you know, whatever they need to do tomorrow because that can be exhausting. And if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of your clients. The last thing for self-care that I always tell my, my students is scheduling time for self-care. That might mean something as simple as scheduling time for a shower when you get home, or it can be scheduling time for a workout if that's something that helps you, um, making sure you're eating well, making sure that you have you know, your laundry done, your house clean, maybe you're going for a walk, maybe you're seeing friends, whatever that self-care piece is, making sure that it is intentionally in your day because it is so easy to get home, say, oh, I'm going to catch up on, on some work. I'm going to do some professional development reading or listening to a workshop or something. And then, oh, right, it's time for bed. Going to bed on time is so important, but it's also so important to be able to decompress, have that leisure, and remember, as an occupational therapist, we preach that leisure, productivity, self-care balance, so it is time to practice what you preach. I've kind of lost track of where I was going because there's a car outside. This is my brain going in circles, but... <laughs> Those are kind of the things that I always tell my students as they're moving forward. One of the last things that I like to tell my students is graduating from whatever program it is, college, university, OT, OTA, graduating from a healthcare degree gives you the absolute basis foundation of knowledge. You get out there knowing what the basic things in the textbook was at the time. And then when you get out in the community, there's so many more things that can come up that can spark your thoughts of, oh, I don't know this. How do I approach this client? How do I, how do I find this different information? So just keep in mind that you will constantly be learning. And oftentimes, 
the decision-making and the clinical reasoning or the critical thinking, whatever terminology you use at school, it will come over time and it will grow and it will get stronger and things will get easier. I like to think of critical thinking or clinical reasoning as a toolbox or a filing cabinet. And every time you have a new exposure to knowledge or maybe you meet a new client with a new diagnosis or a new challenge in life or a new goal, you kind of put that in the filing cabinet. And then as time goes on, your filing cabinet gets fuller and fuller and you have more examples to look back on and say, hey, this new client reminds me of, you know, Sarah from 2019 who had this challenge and this really worked when I was working with her so maybe I can suggest it or maybe this is the direction we can go in. So you have those different pieces that you can pull from. So that's why sometimes your preceptors or your supervisor or your colleagues may jump to decisions quite fast compared to how you're feeling that you're able to work. Um, but just be patient with yourself. Things will come in time. You will get there. And soon it will be much, much easier than it was before. But just be patient with yourself. My final, final piece. I know I've been talking for like 20 minutes and I didn't mean for this to be this long. But my final, final piece of advice or that I always tell my students is don't feel pressure to jump directly into your forever career. As an OT or an OTA, that I always see it as that is my umbrella. My career is OT. What happens in that career may change. A lot of my friends, myself included, graduated. I took some time off and worked at a daycare, did some research projects, um, like did a bunch of different things that weren't really a clinical OT position. I worked in daycare as an, uh, a classroom assistant, by the way, not as an OT. So I did some things that weren't related to OT. And then I slowly found, you know, one job. Hmm, I needed something else too. found another job. Hmm, it didn't work that well. So I found another job and now I'm in this job and, and I'm still looking around at different things that I'll be doing and I'm sure I'll move at some point. All of my friends did that, worked in the community, worked in the hospital, worked in mental health, physical health, and then finally came to one thing that they are content with right now. One of my friends works part-time as an OT, part-time as a restaurant server because it helps her manage her work-life balance and her mental health and everything. So there's so many different ways to approach the job of OT or the overall career of OT that there's no need to feel pressured to find something right away that you're going to be content with for the next, you know, however long you're going to work in your life, 40, 50 years of your life. That's kind of an older way of thinking. And I, I personally think because you are working with humans in a human-centered career where there sometimes is really emotional stuff that you are dealing with, I think it's so important to just hop from here to there until you find something that you really connect with and you can be passionate about. And when you start to lose that passion, that you're okay saying it's time for the next adventure. So that was it. That was my little story about what to do next in, after school, where to move forward. If you have any um, questions or 
different things that you want to ask, feel free to connect. I have a Instagram account called Be Your Own Sunshine, be.your.own.sunshine. And we can connect on that platform there. If you have questions, you can also find me on LinkedIn, Christina Marchiori. But connect with people, ask the questions, reflect, create a self-reflection journal if you want. Write down all the skills that you have that you feel confident in. Figure out what you don't have or what questions you have that you need to find answers for and seek those out. There is nothing wrong with graduating and not feeling ready or not feeling as confident as you think you should be. But trust me, as you continue to grow and learn and practice, you will continue to grow and learn and practice. There's always something new to learn every single day and I think that is the most beautiful thing of occupational therapy and being vulnerable with your clients can help them understand that no matter how much knowledge you have or don't have, you will be there to support them through whatever they need. Sometimes all you've got to say is, I actually don't know that answer right now, but I will definitely go home and take a look and connect with some colleagues and I will get you the answer as soon as I can. Clients really like to hear that because they know that you believe in them and that you will do the work to help them succeed and to meet their goals. So from me to you on this lovely evening or whatever time you're listening to this podcast, if you are graduating very soon or you're anxious about graduating in the future, just know that you have a whole community of occupational therapists and OTA PTAs out there that can support you and help you grow. You are not alone. You can do this and your clients will thank you. So keep it naturally OT and I'll talk to you later.